Dominic Lawton can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. This week we are diving back into the Italian horror genre as we cover the 1988 film Blood Delirium. Emptiness. Overflowing emptiness. The presence of the infinite. Eyes without dimension. Wings of invisible light. The restless eye of the spirit dispels the mists of the arcane, glimpsing future fragments. Always present. Never seen. Got a, a tagline for you, Ken. You ready for it? I'm ready for it. A woman. Mm-hmm. A lover. Mm-hmm. The horror. <laughs> horror. The horror. This was director Sergio Bergonzelli's first attempt at a gothic horror after three decades in the business. <laughs> well, he certainly put a, everything he's learned into this. <laughs> this motherfucker's worked in Italy, France, Turkey, Spain and Greece. And fun fact for you, all you Bergenzelli uh, enthusiasts out there, you'll already know this. <laughs> he was predominantly making pornography at this point in his career. Well done. And he's credited as Peter Storage in the film's credits, which sounds <laughs> like a um, name from one of our film pictures, to be honest. <laughs> is he not Storage? No. No? Peter okay. Storage. <laughs> John Philip Law uh, took the role on so he could work with his good friend um, Gordon Mitchell again, but spoke negatively about the film later on. Well, Got a quote here. Harsh. This is extremely bad. <laughs> when my Italian agent found out I had starred in it, he practically exploded. <laughs> he said, John, you can't make these movies like you can't make movies like that. Don't you take yourself seriously? Wow. How did he not know he was in it? It's it's an Italian film. Well, that's How does his Italian agent not know he was in this before he's already done it? Maybe he went through Gordon Mitchell, as well, many of us have. <laughs> <laughs> as Herman. <laughs> IMDB rating 4.6 out of 10. That's massively generous. Rotten Tomatoes rating of this film is not on RottenTomatoes.com. <laughs> That's more realistic. <laughs> Got a plot for you. Yeah, go on. Fucking hell. Yeah, After, I've seen it and I don't know the plot. After his beloved wife dies, an unbalanced painter, that's just that's mentally unbalanced, mm. Who believes himself? He's not just got one leg short. Yeah, he's the not other. got an inner ear disorder. <laughs> an unbalanced painter who believes himself to be the reincarnation of Vincent Van Gogh goes over the edge and digs up her corpse with the help of his necrophiliac butler <laughs> to bring it back to his castle and use it for inspiration. Necrophiliac uh, butler, by the way, we don't know he is until. She's Three dead, minutes obviously. into the film. Well, yeah, but she's going to be dead first. <laughs> Until then, he's just the butler. Yeah. He doesn't think, oh, I've got a necrophiliac butler. I better go and dig up a corpse. Necrophiliac butler would be a good uh, film pitch. I've written it down. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. We start the film with a voiceover from Charles Saint-Simon. He says, emptiness. Overflowing emptiness. <laughs> The presence of the infinite. Eyes without dimension. 
a heart without a soul. <laughs> cold, cold iron. Cold iron. Barrett cold iron. Wings of invisible light. Too much love will kill you. <laughs> the restless eye of the spirit dispels the mists of the arcane. What? It, that's what he says. <laughs> yeah, I know. But what? Glimpsing future fragments, always present, never seen. That's the first line of this film. Yeah. I don't think that sums that up. What the fuck does any of that I mean? I don't know if it means anything. This whole film is just a, a total shambles. It's brilliant. This is our, our main character, Charles Sansamon. It's the dick from Space Mutiny who's added a beard. Yeah, I didn't notice him because of that beard. That beard won for me. Mm. I, I thought he looked great. I think he looked a bit like... Um, Zadar. He's going Zadar levels of oh, great. Sorry, I thought he didn't look anything like Zadar. He looks like Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees. <laughs> no, you know when like Zadar added a beard oh, and all yeah, of a sudden it's like... Fantastic. Yeah, because this, this, this film, uh, I will just shout out again, this film was also recommended by Karen Sangster. Who was gave, it? Who gave us White Fire. Whether she's just on a Gordon Mitchell kick, I don't know. She's searched out other films starring Gordon. But uh, yeah. I'm yeah. glad she has. She suggested this as well. The um, Sangster. Yeah. And Nothing uh, but net. Three points. Well done. <laughs> it's just... It's, this not, film is absolutely fucking mental. Yeah, I actually it, haven't spoken to Ken. I actually made a point of not speaking to Ken about this film until yeah, we recorded. I, I didn't know he'd watched this. I, yeah. I did try and get him to watch this probably for about three weeks now. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it at work. This is yet another one that I watched at work and this had film, to keep this, pausing. This film has everything about Italian horror I love. Yeah, just it's, in, it's brilliant. In an hour and 17 minutes or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, it's, it's superb. And I think it's heavily... The one I watched, I think, is heavily edited. I think they haven't released an uh, unedited version of I the film. I don't know. I watched it on YouTube. Yeah, I watched it on YouTube as well. Uh, it can't be edited. What's the point? It seemed like it was edited when you watch it, though. It seems like some scenes are cut. Anyway, we, we we meet a woman. She's coming down the stairs. She's doing some daily chores. And all of a sudden, all the chairs move of their own free will. <laughs> <laughs> the piano plays a haunting melody. The wind is blowing. She immediately shouts, Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Let me see you. <laughs> Let me see you. She's like, Frank, I'm terrified. <laughs> She's like the fucking woman from Burial Ground. <laughs> Mama. It's a weird start because, you know, what the hell is she doing? Yeah, who is yeah, she? I don't know, but why is she immediately suspecting, well, that's a ghost? Yeah. <laughs> but she does. And she is, she, well, she gets a reply. Don't be frightened. Strange things will happen which you will find inexplicable. But in the infinite, in the future, everything's clear. You're alive. And you're speaking to me from the future. The future is as real as the present. Except that it exists in a dimension that eyes cannot see. Only the privileged few are allowed to glimpse it. But here in the beyond, everything is simple. Ah! Who are you? I'm you, but you can't possibly understand. I'll explain it to you. You only lit one candle. Now, take one candle and hold it close to the other, so that the flames touch. See how the two flames become one. That's how we are. Two candles, one flame. Um, I've I've got the storyline up on IMDb. Go uh, on. Of this. Interesting. It's, it's got uh, keywords uh, underneath it. The first one, oh, I'll just read them all out for you. Giallo. 
No. Sleazy Giallo. Yes. Vagina. <laughs> Dead woman stripped. Pubic hair. And four more. Do you want to hear those four after what you've just heard? I think we better had. <laughs> Let me just click the on The viewers will link. be massively disappointed if we ended on pubic hair. <laughs> you know what our viewers are like. <laughs> they usually are. Yeah. Um, necrophilia. <laughs> Female front nudity. See, there's none of this in the the one I watched. <laughs> feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they have got feet. Dead woman. And there you go, there's some plot keywords, nine plot keywords for you there. If that doesn't make you want to watch it, what the hell's wrong with you? We meet, um, is it a husband or a boyfriend? I think it's a boyfriend, right? I think it's a boyfriend, yeah. He says, hi, darling. Uh, I've I've written, he's he's called Ponytail Fuck. Yeah, he's got a Seagal ponytail proudly on display. Yep. Hi, darling. I'm here. On time as usual. Well done to him. He's, He's Gerard. Gerard. His name is Gerard. Yeah. Yeah, and I've I've called him Ponytail Fuck throughout in my notes. I love that, that opening well line. Well done, though. Well done. He's on time, as usual. As usual. He's never been late <laughs> in his life, which he will not stop talking about. Yeah. The wife tells him that she thinks there's a ghost in the house, or his fiance, and he says, hey, what have you been smoking? Yeah, <laughs> some heavy doobies, <laughs> by the sound of it. Uh, we cut to Dracula's castle. Yeah, in a thunderstorm. And it's San Simon. He's back and he's he's banging on his own windows. Middle yeah. of the night. It's raining outside. Oh, God. This is what he's shouting. He's upset. He's uh, don't take her away from me. I thought he was remembering Space Mutiny, but it's in fact, it's the fact that his, his wife is dying in bed. Yes, he's got an ill wife called Christine. He looks like he's wearing a dressing gown in that bit. Well, he can do what he wants. It's his house or his castle. Unless it is Dracula's castle and he's just renting. <laughs> we never find that out, anyway. Uh, he holds a candle right to her face and she says... Ow. <laughs> yeah. Ow, move that away. That's really hot. <laughs> she says, two flames in one. And then dies. Yeah. And he's... he says, in one? <laughs> is that what? He doesn't know what it means because he wasn't at the other woman's house when it was being haunted yeah. a bit ago. And then the piano plays. Yeah, very angry. Angrily playing the piano. Delirium, the concert that you love so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the doctor, by the way, was very late to get to the castle. Dr. Chenard. I don't know when... Uh, the doctor is in. The doctor is in. I don't know when they called the doctor, but uh, I think Herman had to then go and pick him up as well. well. I actually thought this was in like the medieval times. Yeah, I, 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 thought it was, I thought it was the past. Yeah. But no, it's just somewhere else. And he arrives by stagecoach, this doctor. With <laughs> howling werewolf. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out the woman from earlier is playing the piano, like somewhere in the future. I assumed the future. Yeah, she, again, she's looks- playing it very angrily. Um, whilst we get like some sort of like superimposition of other scenes over the top, she's doing the piano bit. Uh, the doctor is in um, has with all of the compassion of a doctor just says, um, <laughs> yeah. "I'll write the death certificate and covers the body up immediately." Um, Doesn't Herman, look at her for about a second. Herman, he's there. He's looking at the body, um, and then some sort of harpsichord turns up. Yeah, uh, San Simon is distraught and gives her a, a big old hug. Yeah. Then we cut to to a harpsichord, 
Um, Herman is now just looking at her dead body because it's confirmed that she died in that previous scene. Yeah, she, she's in the church. She's chapel arrest. Yeah. San um, Simon's upset. He's wandering around. How, yeah. how am I going to go on living now? His inspiration is gone. All this sort of shit. Yeah. Thankfully, Herman is uh, coping with his grief uh, by fondling her tits and having a bit of a kiss off her, even though she's dead. Uh, my note is, in a scene that sums up this film perfectly, we see San Simon head over to the church organ and inexplicably start playing it like he's the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, brilliant. Whilst his butler fills up his dead wife behind him. Yeah, he says, I've always loved you. Yeah. That's what he says. But he could never tell her because, you know, she was, I don't know, dying <laughs> or some shit. I like San Simon when he turns around and he sees, he's like, Herman! <laughs> <laughs> you bastard! You lousy bastard! Yeah. <laughs> and then attacks him, with, him with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> it's begs, a classic. It's yeah. a classic beating of a it's, servant. This is proper Italian horror. This <laughs> Herman begs him to kill him, but instead yeah. um, Charles turns and looks at his wife and just collapses into the arms of his butler. Yeah, and um, even though that's all happened, um, Herman is permitted to attend the funeral. Um, <laughs> I put my, my 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 comment next is just mental. Yeah, he, he said, Look, "I know, I know, you've just felt her up and everything, and she is dead. But could you still be my butler? Because otherwise, you know, I'd have to do stuff myself." Yeah, the Ku Klux Klan are actually the pallbearers as well. Yeah, it which is, like. it's nice of them. Yeah, you know, they're not all bad. We see there's only three people at this uh, this funeral, and we never meet the third one, the woman who's just walking alongside them. They're just a blonde woman. That's walking alongside them during the funeral. We never meet that character. Who do you think it was? I'm thinking maybe it was the the woman from the White Fire. White Fire. Anyway, back to the woman playing the piano and. Uh, for some reason, what's her, what's her boyfriend's called? Ponytail Fuck. Ponytail Fuck's dressed as John Travolta from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he's really enjoying a cigarette. He is. Too much. She's so good at the piano that uh, she you can actually... shit. That <laughs> she can take her hand off the keyboard and it still plays. <laughs> yes. That's how talented she, she is. She is good at that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really complicated music. But she just plays it with one hand whilst yeah. he goes, touches her neck and she moves her other hand to his hand. And yet she doesn't even stop. Yeah. It's incredible. How it is she incredible. She's very, very talented. The window blows open and she jumps up to close them. Very, very quickly as well. It's an immediate reaction. Like Much as her immediate reaction to the wind blowing earlier was, Who are you? Her immediate reaction to this is, Oh my God, the window! Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't even notice. Because <laughs> he's enjoying his cigarette. Yeah, and then a load of shit flies into her face. Yeah. Along with there's like a scrap of paper that's just attached to her neck. She reads the and it's an advertisement for an art exhibition of Charles Saint Simon. Uh huh. And as you would be in that situation if this happened to you, she's absolutely ecstatic. Yeah, it's it, it's the opening night, isn't it? It's, it's an opening. It's a flyer for the opening night, and she says, "Why was it sent to me?" And the answer is, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it was exactly. blown it wasn't. into your face. Yeah, it was just outside. I like because her boyfriend tells her that she can have a social life after she retires as her career is too important. <laughs> Quite right, too. Uh, it's, you don't want to waste time on things that she might enjoy. You need to be practising. 
She's actually said, that's just typical of you, Gerard. If you don't see it, you don't believe it. Yeah, which and is he what says, most normal people are like. Yeah, except once uh, I was at school and um, <laughs> <laughs> somebody said it was uh, Sugra, I believe, <laughs> was watching a card trick. <laughs> and she never actually said this out loud, but somebody else voiced her thoughts for me. And it's like, I see it. But I don't fucking believe it. <laughs> she never ever said. But it was one of my favourite quotes ever. Because <laughs> he said, you see where the cards are? I see it, but I don't fucking believe it. I hadn't even started the trick. <laughs> she, she was literally asked the question, this is an ordinary pack of cards, you see it? <laughs> she already couldn't believe it. <laughs> Fucking love that quote. <laughs> Never even happened. <laughs> What's her name? Sibel. Sibyl. 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 She's uh, she's wondering who sent it to her. Why was it meant for her? What's it, going on? It wasn't. Nothing happened. And Gerard just dismisses it, and uh, you know she's into like a cult and, and and manifest destiny or just destiny itself. It's a load she? of rubbish. Well, no, no. It's never even mentioned that she's into any of that. Well, he, she just he, suddenly he men- starts believing it yeah. after this has happened. Yeah, she does mention. Yeah, he mentions that she's into the occult and all that bollocks. Uh, Charles puts on some kind of piano disco music <laughs> to start painting music that could only be produced in Italy. Where is she? I don't feel it anymore. Her music. And he decides that he can no longer paint since his wife is gone. And uh, he then decides that they're going to bring her home. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the the dialogue here. It's it's like, I don't know if they're actually saying it out loud or whether it's just thoughts in their head because the, the quick shot images, it actually just looks like they're about to start dancing together. <laughs> just them two looking at each other. And you're thinking, are they saying that, all this? It's like the camera's not even picking up who's speaking so you don't even know if they are speaking it's i, I don't know it's the music by the way is, is still on there's music all the way through this which i believe is delirium whatever the hell that is the classical piece but the music is fantastic and it's got like a little dance beat to it it's, well. it's, it's, it's classical piano with a dance beat yeah it's, it. it's brilliant but because the music starts when they're speaking to each other it looks like they're about to suddenly both stand and dance which they don't, which is a shame. He says, he stands up and he says, I'll bring you home. To which a wolf howls. Because, you know, he's in the middle of apparently Transylvania. It just does look like that. Fucking Rocky Mountains yeah. by the look of it. Yeah, but then a wolf howls. And then we see a tomb. And sure enough, they're immediately there. It's the dead of night. We find Charles and Herman, torches in hand. They're off to exhume his dead wife. Yeah, apparently it's been a year. Yeah. He mentions that because I wondered how long it had been. I thought it had been a week or something. But yeah, no, I actually apparently. thought it was like a day. Yeah. And then she exhumed and she's a skeleton That's with what maggots. I thought, which is why I wrote in, it's been a year, because he does mention that afterwards. 
It's, yeah. it's a skull yeah, I, with I, a wig I, on. I put total skull and maggots. I don't think you'd decompose that quickly, would you, in a year? In a year? Totally clean? Oh, Not in the ground, you're in a he crypt? Then, <laughs> he, he then puts on some sort of mask. And he says, there, that looks better. Oh, my God, And it God, doesn't. Yeah. It looks like some sort of, like, demented ventriloquist dummy. It does, because he moves her head and, like, yeah, glances exactly, at, yeah. at Herman. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Herman's face, I think, sums that up, because yeah. he's really not sure about that. <laughs> he's is not it? sure that it looks better at all. Yeah, Charles vows to breathe life into her again, and that's what he comes up with, a wig and a fucking mask on her. Yeah. I'll bring you back. And then props her against the piano. <laughs> While he starts painting. Well, there's, the music starts. Uh, he's painting, but he's not sure about it. Uh, well, he's looking at a skeleton with a fucking wig on, basically. Yeah, is what he's and looking some at. sort of paper mask that he's drawn. Herman's just stood there. You know, he's a servant. He does what he's told, apart from, please don't molest my dead wife, which yeah. may not have actually been told or quite, quite so explicitly. Any female that ever turns up within a hundred <laughs> yard radius of you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which he does forget. Yeah. <laughs> His inspiration comes back, sure enough. Um, we do get a close-up of the skeleton's hands just to show us that it's held together with fishing wire and is therefore undoubtedly a plastic skeleton they've got from the fucking Halloween shop. Um, what do you think of his drawing, Ken? That he's drawing there? He's not actually very good at he's art, is he? fucking terrible. <laughs> what the fuck's that? You know what it's like? It looks, it looks like a self-portrait a child would do of himself. That's what it looks like. <laughs> He's not happy about it either. He looked more like Harry Kane than him. <laughs> I ignored that. All of a sudden, we hear his wife. She starts laughing, and uh, the skeleton just spins around. Yeah, the mask a, falls a, off a its face, face. Face falls off. Yeah, we get a superimposed face of her actual face, which is rubbish. It's really badly done. Yeah, I thought Herman was just having a laugh there. It's like trying to scare him or something. Yeah, well, by spinning the head around. Yeah, whilst he's molesting it yeah yeah it's this superimposed laughter um he shouts get her out of here she's laughing at me yeah and then immediately smashes his own paintings to pieces yeah the thing is herman looks confused at that so i thought oh hang on is he actually is it like he's going mental but then i thought hang on then the necrophiliac butler is looking at giving him a sideways glance saying he's mental look at this bastard he's not right is he yeah exactly he, yeah. just, he helped him just dig up her corpse. Why is he giving him yeah. his fucking glance? Of the woman he's molested. Oh, God. The dead woman he's molested. Yeah, and he, he shouts, get, get them out of here. Burn them. All of them. Yeah. Scatter the ashes to the wind. I was, I was he say, shouts ridiculously dramatic. I was going to say, Charles maybe slightly overreacts at the, this point. <laughs> he burns a hundred of his own paintings <laughs> by throwing them out the window into a fire pit. Yeah, he hadn't even just painted those hundred. Some of those were totally unrelated to this incident. Yeah. But he's still, he's burning them. Scatter the ashes to the winds, he demands. Yeah. Like some sort of, like, massive hammer horror villain. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! We we cut to our, I guess our heroes, but they they seem very unlikable now because they're talking about wedding presents to give each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is just irritating. He says, my presents to to you is going to be a new grand piano. Is that grand enough for you? And she's like, it's just what every girl needs. And he says, it's yours then. My God. (laughs) Holy guacamole. And she says, what kind of gift would I give my test engineer? What would my what would my love think of his own personal helicopter? And he says, no thanks. He says, hey, that's not bad. Holy smokes. 
<laughs> that sounds like cream of the crap. <laughs> this is Gerard and Sibel. Of course. If someone managed to drive their Ferrari right past the San Simon art exhibition, and then she's like, you never come this way. Yeah. Yet we... today you did. Yeah, which I think is the biggest coincidence since Airplane, where he never has a second cup of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but on this occasion, he did. She actually asked him, do you still think it's a coincidence, Nespa? <laughs> Guess because And raises her eyebrow at him. And he says, what else could it be? <laughs> yeah, his voice doesn't change as often as Dom's impression, by the way, of Gerard. You don't still have that tattered old invitation, do you? <laughs> He's now some old prospector <laughs> from the Wild West. She says, no, it was filthy. I didn't want to catch some disease, but it's free. We can still take a look. And he says, no. No, thank you. He says, I've got something serious to do. I've got to go to work, you shit. Yeah, you bitch. But she can go if she likes. Go on, get the, get the fuck out of my Ferrari. So she does. She just goes into this uh, this art exhibition on her own. Yeah, the music starts again. Yeah, uh, she she sees her. Uh, we we see a reflection. No, he sees her reflection. Sorry, the yeah. ma- the maestro. Yeah, he's talking about his own symbolic references in his own work to someone. Yeah, he's he's called the maestro throughout. This I hate. Well. I've actually mo- noted like, why the fuck are people calling him the maestro? Yeah. So uh, he he's um, he sees her reflection and he goes over to her. And uh, obviously, he immediately recognises her as his dead wife, Christine, uh, even though she's called Sibyl. She sees a a portrait and mentions that it looks like her, because obviously it is. It is her, but as Christine. And then they go blah, 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 and start talking about the future. Uh, The future already exists and is revealed by the passage of time. You know, you know when you give all that deep and meaningful bullshit. I like when she sees that picture, that painting. She says, "It looks like me. How strange! That's what I do for a living. I'm a penis." <laughs> and he says, "Yes, I thought your hands had penis fingers." <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then she uh, flaps him in his face and just goes. <laughs> he spends the rest of the conversation just convincing her that he's that she's his dead wife. It's like <laughs> that's the first time they've ever met. It's like, how do yeah. we know each other? And he's like, oh, we do know each other. And he's because like, because you're yes. married to me, even though you're dead. Yeah, it's like, yes, better than you think. We lived together once over there, and he points to a a, pic, a, a painting of his own house, <laughs> and uh, he says, at least part of you did. We were very happy there. Yeah, and she's not thinking, oh, this is weird, isn't it? Well, she says that it doesn't make sense and that she's never been there before. Then this he's is what, over there? And <laughs> then they just walk over there and she says, oh, yes, now I have. <laughs> and then uh, he says that she's right, she hasn't. He was talking about Christine. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And that's the end of the conversation. Well, he, well, he says that Christine was a great penis herself. <laughs> yeah, she did love uh, being a penis. <laughs> yes. And then he explains that uh, she was his muse and that Sybil, um, the Sybil says, oh, can I meet her? Is she here at the gallery? And then he's like, no, she's dead. You hear me? Dead, dead, dead. She <laughs> <laughs> doesn't say that. He says, no, she's dead. But she promised to come back to him and he could hardly believe it. But she has come back to him. Haven't you? He asks her. 
Uh, ladies of the bad movie cult, write in and tell us at what point would you have begun to edge away from this man? <laughs> That's the maestro who looks like Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees. Yeah. Uh, convincing you that you are his dead wife. Yes. After you've just walked into his art gallery and made pleasant small talk with him. <laughs> just, just chatting. I mean, Sybil doesn't back away from him. Not at all, no. In fact... Um, he invites her just to, I thought it said I'm I'm leaving tomorrow for Morocco. But apparently no, it is like the Baroque or something like he's off to the mountains. Yeah. I thought it's in Morocco. It was yeah. like, what? She's so perplexed at the fact that she looks a little bit like the painting. Not a massively amount, but a little bit. Yeah, because he's not that good a painting. No. She's identical, like two drops of water. And then Charles says, Perhaps only one. <gasps> two candles. One flame. It's so odd. We are identical. Like two drops of water. Perhaps only one. What? And the restless eye of the spirit dispels the mist of the arcane. Glimpsing future fragments. All was present, never seen. The future and the present. I've heard that before. But the future already exists. It's revealed with the passage of time. Only there are gifted people who are always in touch with it. Yeah, he's basically got his head buried in a hair at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's got... Oh, yeah. <laughs> he says some shit about the future and the present and then... Yeah, it's all bullshit, isn't it? He says, the future already exists, it's just revealed with the passage of time. It's a beautiful quote. Though there are gifted people who are always in touch with it. Mentioned it, like, he's talking about himself there. We find this out literally at the end of the film, but turns out that he can see into the future. Yeah. He also asks her to uh, accompany him to Morocco. Or <laughs> yeah. the Baroque. And um, he says, like, yes, it's reincarnation and Van Gogh. Yeah, he, he thinks talk, he's Van Gogh, yeah, then doesn't he? Yeah, they talk about that again, and then he gets swept away by other people demanding to know what's this picture supposed to be. I'm leaving tomorrow for Morocco. Will you come? We've so much to talk about. I'll be expecting you. You're asking me what it means? These bold colors represent nature and transformation. Nothing more, nothing less. He believes in reincarnation. I understand. He thinks he was Van Gogh in a previous life. I can't believe you don't see it. It's so obvious. Um, and then suddenly driving. Driving, yeah, yeah Charles. Cut, cut that scene, and he's off. He's he's driving in his car, but wait. He's delighted his wife's come back to him, and then he hits a, like a patch of fog that makes him... The, the car is crashed into a tree and on fire. That's literally what I'm seeing. Like, you see fire and stuff. And his wife's laughing at him again. There's lots of light, classical music, paintings. There's a woman's face. There's three glowing orbs. Big three glowing balls. Other women there. Yeah, so the lights dissipate and uh, it reveals Sybil. She's just standing in the middle of this fucking forest. Yes. Hello, I'm standing in the fog. Yeah. Turns out that uh, she got lost. Then she also had a, a car broke down. Um on her way to the castle. She was taking him up on, on her on his offer. Yeah. She doesn't actually ask if he's okay after this car accident. She just asks him if it's uh, it's really him and how happy she is to see him. Yeah, off to Morocco. <laughs> yeah. 
he tells her that he's delighted that she's there and to ride with him back to the castle, even though I'm pretty sure that the car crashed. I don't know. I can't remember that bit. Yeah. I thought I, thought I saw flames and shit. Maybe that was like a, a into the future, like a Maybe a it was vision. just the, the glowing orbs. And uh, lucky for Herman as well, he's going to have to go and get the car because he says, uh, oh, yeah, just leave your car there. I'll get Herman to go pick it up later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they pull up to the castle and uh, Charles appears to be wearing a Matrix jacket. Quite right, too. Uh, Herman practically wanks himself off when he notices Sybil <laughs> looks exactly like Christine. Yeah, only practically. Not He doesn't actually do that, although in the uncut version, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it was Italy, after all. <laughs> Charles says, I'd like you to meet Herman. He fingered my wife after she died. <laughs> oh, no, like, sorry. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, no. He says, he's been with me for a number of years. Sorry. Even though he did that to my wife. <laughs> Uh, Charles tells Herman that Sybil will be staying there for a few days and Herman needs to go sort the car out. So, you know, fuck off, Herman. Yeah, so get out of here. He shows her his studio and this looks fucking depressing, this place. <laughs> fuck me. How dark is it? I really like this painting. No, yeah. <laughs> and she, sa- she says to one of them, oh, that's interesting. What is it? Yeah, what the bloody hell's going on and, here? And Charles says... It's a painting of a demon with his arsehole pointing towards us, <laughs> shitting out a starfish into the ocean, Sybil. Yeah. What he actually says... Yeah, what it's, what it's called. Satan fathering the universe. Yeah, which, as Dom's pointed out, he is squirting from his anus. Yeah, it's, he's squirting a starfish and seawater out of his anus yeah. into the sea. And the devil's looking over his shoulder... Like he's in Playboy magazine. Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> Might as well do a shushing motion yeah, with his like, hand. Well, cheeky wink. Excuse me? No, that's Herman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She sits down at the piano and plays Delirium. He immediately starts playing that music for us all. Much to Charles' amazement, he tells her that, that her, his wife inspired him and that she played that song every single time when she sat at the piano. Yeah. Much listen to that song all the fucking time. Yeah, that song is just constant throughout. It's, it's actually good. I, I quite enjoyed hearing it every time it came back on. I thought, yes, go on. Yeah. It just adds to the ridiculous, melodramatic overdoing of everything yeah. in this film. Delirium. Christine played that. When she touched the keys, I felt alive. I suffered a most intoxicating creative inspiration. Maestro, at the show I heard somebody mention your affinity for... For Van Gogh. I've loved him ever since I was a child. Oh. She asks about his affinity for Van Gogh, and he tells her that uh, she's, uh, he's loved Van Gogh since he was a child. And then she says to him that she can see it in his work and we get crash zooms of, we get a sea monster, Satan's anus again, and what looks to be a chicken throwing up. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of his classics. She says... The, his, the, the puking chicken. Yeah, she says, his great sadness, a profound sense of unrest and bitterness. Mm-hmm. She gets that from his art. Quite right, too. I, I get uh, ineptitude. And uh, pointlessness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I got that from this film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I took away. And anyway, they, it gives us some sort of rubbish about it. two souls, one body, and yeah, all, get a lot of that. All, all that rubbish. Uh, we must create together. Suddenly, Herman turns up as as they sort of draw nearer to each other. Herman turns up with an almighty cock block. Your room is ready, and takes her away. Mm-hmm. We also then get. 
an incredible zip sound effect where she un- undoes a zip, but the echo of that zip is incredible. Obviously, they couldn't hear the zip, so they added one over the top when they re-edited the dubbing and everything, but what what an incredibly detailed zip sound. I mean, they shot this on location in an actual um, castle in Italy, and it's the same thing with um, when we did Burial Ground, in the fact that all the... Because it's shot in this, like, old manor, everything looks dirty, like, all the walls, nothing looks like it's lit very well. It's the same thing with Burial Ground, same thing with this. She goes into this room and acts like it's, like extravagant when in reality it's dark and is like hasn't been cleaned in decades <laughs> but she has got a dress there's yeah. a dress there which is nice on her on her uh, bed isn't there yeah. it's, it's actually a fucking horrible looking dress it is and oddly enough uh, the maestro mr barry gibb himself is in her room without actually arriving he's yeah. already there who tells her that um he, he came <laughs> but he didn't arrive <laughs> Hmm, that could have been a tagline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for Herman. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! She has a look out the window and compliments him on on the view and stuff. And then he says... That's with the music on again, by the way. The music comes back on. It's the same song, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. as as she enters the room, sauntering in, all glammed up, like, how? How has she done that? Cock of the North. (laughs) He says, I'm often tempted to burn it, go down with my rock. Yeah, which is an unusual unusual thing to say when you're trying to woo a lady. I, I'm tempted to burn my own house down and die. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, <laughs> okay. Herman refers to him as Maestro Van Gogh, and Charles says that he's scared Herman will cut his ear off one day. Yeah, and he, he says oh, he's always joking. But Herman doesn't really look like he's always joking at all. When he's... Herman looks like he's never joked in his life. No, he's too busy molesting corpses, isn't he? Yeah, the filthy well, it's animal. It's a full-time job. Oh yeah, he can't he can't just live off being a butler to the Bee Gees. Yeah, uh, they cheers with wine. Yeah, welcome home is the toast. Yeah, which again you should be there thinking this really is a bit weird. We cut to a woman who's called Yvonne now, who we haven't seen before. But no, but it's quite we, carefree. We, we, we do get we we get a close up actually of Sibyl, and um, I'll tell you what, she looks a hell of a mess. <laughs> She's all glammed up. She looks bloody awful. <laughs> she looks like a man in drag, or some sort of really really cheap prostitute. She <laughs> really really cheap. really really yeah, yeah. Not the not the type I go for. It's just one really. <laughs> 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 this is double. Oh, no, she... pay rise, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I've, I've earned it. <laughs> yeah, but then we do. We cut immediately. What's, what's her name, sorry? Yvonne. Yvonne. Yeah, I just wrote, we suddenly cut to Joni from Happy Days. <laughs> yeah, and, Rizzo from and Greece. Jo- Joni loves Charchi, of yeah. course. Yeah, she's just dancing about. Yeah, and uh, Herman and Sybil, are, uh, they're, they're pushing the car up the road. Yeah, so it's like the next day, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so suddenly that's the end of that scene. Yeah, we're now on the next day. Herman, who was told to go deal with the car, has taken the lady with him so, he can, so, she, so she can push the car, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is nice of him. He, and he looks up and just says, best piece of ass in the whole province. Her name's Yvonne. Yeah. She says this to Sybil, who didn't yeah, ask, exactly, look, yeah. or even notice her. Yeah, 
And he just can't help himself, can he, Herman? Yvonne says, if you want out with the car, it'll have to wait until tomorrow. She's only, she's the only one there. He says, I'm good with my hands. Says Herman, who's old enough to be a fucking granddad. And she says, hope you can. I, I like a man who knows what he's doing. Yeah. Sybil, of course, uh, just just walks off. <laughs> just like, I'm not hanging around for this. Yeah. This is disgusting. And she starts randomly dancing Yvonne with her headphones on. Yeah. And says to Herman, hey, what's the matter now? You can't get it going? Yeah. So Herman decides to uh, rape her. starts to attack her before Sybil even leaves. Yeah, she's, she's still, still stood there. there. She's yeah. still stood there and he thinks, well, I'm going to have to go and rape her. He says, I can't get it going. Well, watch this. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, and then slaps her about the face with it. And then <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> she says, hey, hands off the merchandise. And Sybil watches all this unfold exactly. and does nothing. Exactly, she's still there. She's, she's watching. She's not just, even doesn't. gone. She said she's going to go, but doesn't. He's like, well, I'm going to go rape her whether you go or not. <laughs> I can't help myself. Yeah. Yvonne pulls a knife and threatens to cut his balls off. Mm-hmm. And then he says, hey, I'm only joking. Yeah, which is true because he is a joker. That was established earlier by the maestro Van Gogh. There's a, I don't know what happens here, Ken, because there seems to... Sybil goes to see <laughs> Charles, but then she's attacked by an owl. <laughs> yeah, somebody throws a stuffed owl at Sybil. While she's just in a room. Because it, it's like a quick cut. Yeah, she's just it's, in it's a, a room. It's again. Like we're now back at home. Um, or the castle. Or Morocco. Or wherever the hell we are now. <laughs> yeah, somebody throws an owl at her. Um, which she's not happy with. Uh, a Doberman attacks her. Um, yeah. And Herman's electrified a door handle. <laughs> <laughs> just... like, like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Yeah, it's just like... What? Yeah. What's going on? And that now? all happens in about 90 seconds. Yeah. Not sure what happens, but apparently that is what happens. Uh, it's all explained by Herman. Yeah. <laughs> really, really convincingly. Bad dog. It's an electric latch to keep the dogs out. The walk in refrigerator is where we keep our meats and cheeses. The dogs would eat the lot if they got in there, and then there'd be nothing left for us to eat. Protect the meat and cheeses. The meats and cheeses <laughs> is what he says. And if you leave the window open, crows fly in. Or owls. Yeah. That wasn't or, a or fucking an, crow. Or an owl. That wasn't uh, a crow, Herman. It was a fucking owl. Well, we haven't got any stuffed crows. Nobody stuffs crows. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got any taxidermists out there. I think I'll stuff a couple of crows. In I've case counted crows, wants but I've never stuffed them. <laughs> they were black crows. We cut to... Those damn crows. <laughs> we cut to Sybil. She's posing next to a statue made out of hula hoop crisps. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck made that statue? The maestro, he's upstairs. He's painting like an absolute lunatic. I put that she's modelling next to a honeycomb man. Yeah. <laughs> and the painting that he's doing looks nothing like what he's looking at. <laughs> yeah, she might as well not be there. <laughs> like, what's he looking at? What's he seeing there? 
absolutely awful. His dead wife starts laughing. Yeah, he's having another breakdown. Um, he says that he can't paint until Sybil heads to the piano, and then Sybil heads to the piano and starts playing again. Uh, he starts painting, and you think, oh, maybe that solved it. Then has another breakdown. She asks him, is there anything I can do? And he says, can you give me the colour of suffering? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He says about his uh, life and evolution. Can I help? Yes. Can you give me the colour of suffering? She spots a nude painting of a blonde woman and recognises her as her friend Corinne. Yeah. And asks if he knows her, and he says, I do not. Except she came to me in a vision. Yeah, she was one of the um, orbs. She was one of the orb... Women. We hear a cry from a woman outside, and Charles hurries Sybil back to her room. And Sybil just literally goes back to fucking sleep. Like yeah. she doesn't give a fuck, does she? Yeah, yeah. So, somebody shouts, "Help!" She says, "Go to your room." And it's Herman. He's on the bloody rape again, isn't he? Yeah, he's out, he's <laughs> he's out on, on the, the rape. <laughs> he's out on the rape. Yeah, <laughs> bloody Herman. Uh, she she pulls a knife, but Herman turns it in on her and, and kills her with it. Yeah, in oh. the stables. Yeah, the maestro. He gets there. Uh, he has a go at Herman. Calls but, him a pervert. Uh, yeah, but I tell you what, the colour of that blood. Ooh. It's... He's liking it. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he's gone for it. And uh, that's that's fine. He, he tells Herman to go and get some water to clean the blood up. But as he smears it on his own hand, he realises that the colour is exactly the colour that he's been that's looking for. That's what he's been waiting for. That's the colour. That's the shit. That's what he says. Because she's also shit. There you are, miserable pervert. You lunatic. How much longer am I going to have to put up with this insanity? Get some water. We have to clean up this blood. Hurry, damn you, bring water. I'm looking for. This is the precious color I found it. I found it. Thank God. Sibel wakes up in the middle of the night to a noise and heads downstairs to have a look around. Yep, takes a bit of a stroll downstairs. I tell you what, she finds there's no meat or cheeses. Oh no, Herman was lying because she finds a corpse of herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And she only screams when she sticks her head right in there. Yeah, yeah, she gets very close, doesn't she? Yeah. She gets really, really close to that corpse. Um, and also a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Which is inexplicable and it's, it's, in, in the coffin. And as you said, it's in there with the meats it's, and it's, cheeses. It's, it's in the, you know, which means that that electrified latch works for nothing. Yeah. It's, it's a glass coffin as well. So you can see everything going on. There's a cat in the coffin. The hell? Who put that in there? Not and why? Me. What's, well... Are you sure? I don't know. It wasn't Herman, was it? Might have been. He was busy fingering. Meats and cheeses. She runs out the house towards the, the sound of this soaring, which woke her up in the first place. And it's Herman. He's in his abattoir. And he's sawing <laughs> up Yvonne. Of course. And feeding her to the dog. Who's Yvonne? The woman that he stabbed in the... <laughs> oh, Joni from Happy Days. Yeah. All right. Uh, she gets chased by the dog, heads for a car, tries to escape. Obviously, the car doesn't work. And then passes out in Charles's arms. 
And yeah. Charles says, uh, not to leave, I'll take care of you. And uh, starts walking back to the house with her. Yeah. In in Herman's little laboratory, or morgue, or whatever it is that he's just in, uh, he's got lots of bubbling sort of like tubes and stuff, you know, like, like a mad scientist. That's what happens when he gets older, Ken. Mm. Hmm. Nothing works quite as well as you'd like. I'd say what else doesn't work as well. Well, um, look at people looking after you because Herman's looking after her, and uh, he's just molesting her all yeah. the way through. You know, because he's a filthy pervert. Yeah, I don't know why the maestro keeps thinking I don't know, she'll be all right if Herman's looking after her. Yeah, he's already molested a corpse and killed a woman. His own wife. Yeah, yeah. for God's sake, Herman. My my note is Dr. Herman giving her the once-over, and by once-over, I, of course, mean molesting her. Yeah, instantly molesting her, uh, it, giving her an injection to keep her unconscious. I put, what the hell is this movie, Ken? That's my next note. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. <laughs> she has some hallucinations while she's uh, under the influence of the injection. Like reptiles and maggots. Uh, maggots maggots and newts, I've written. Yeah. What looks to be Yvonne's um, corpse swinging back and forth. Yeah, well, she she wakes up and rings her friend. Yeah, she does wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, Herman's asleep on the sofa near her. She grabs her gown from beneath his feet. A bit of tension there. Will mm-hmm. he wake up, won't he? Yeah. No. No is the answer, no. <laughs> Charles is in his studio painting with blood, as you do. He's painting like a bloody idiot. He's not even convincing when he's painting. He's painting like a fucking idiot. Nobody yeah. paints like that. No, he's painting with his hand, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he's not using he's a brush. Like, he's just painting like one stroke at all times. Yeah. Like no detail whatsoever. He's just like furiously hitting the canvas. Yeah. Sybil rings her friend um, Corinne. For help until Herman stops her. Because, I mean, Corinne's just pissed off that she rang her at 3am, which I mm. suppose you would be. Uh, she stops her and Charles ends up hanging the phone upon her. I like uh, Herman is smothering. He does. He tries to kill her, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he tries to uh, smother Sybil. Um, <laughs> Get away, you idiot! Yeah, Charles stops him. <laughs> Calls him an idiot a lot, actually. I quite like the fact that Charles is either... Talking nonsense about like, the future or sadness or depression and despondency. Or he's just shouting angrily at <laughs> <Yeah>. Herman <laughs> and how shit everything is and needs to be destroyed. But then don't we always lash out at the ones we love? Be a great ending. <laughs> and they just, just yeah, just hold hands and drive off yeah. over, over a cliff. <laughs> Let's just keep going, Charles. <laughs> just Thelma and Louise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They find out that she ran Corinne somehow. I don't know how they actually come to that conclusion. It's uh, 1471. Ah, yes, of yeah, course. Yeah, last last number dialed. They decide to get Corinne to the castle as uh, Charles needs more colour. Yeah, go and get her from Paris. <laughs> so, you idiot. I'm <laughs> sorry. Okay. Because we don't know where this is. I mean, I thought it was Morocco. Still, I was there thinking, what are they doing in Morocco? Go and get her from Paris. That's I just a long assumed trip. it was Italy. Yeah, I always thought it was Italy. Apparently, no, it's, it's we're in France. Herman goes to Corinne's house and tells her that she needs to come and see Sybil at the castle urgently. Uh, she leaves a message with Gerard saying that Sybil's um, that she's going to go and see Sybil or some shit. What yeah. the hell was and it? And she takes a gun with her. She does take a gun, and but the uh, the antiphone message cuts out before she can finish the the message. She just says that she's going to go and see Sybil. She says, "I'm taking a gun." She does take a gun. She gets in the car and they head off. I'm thinking, oh, maybe she's going to cause some shit here. Yeah, uh, I, th- I thought that. I thought Corinne might be the, the one we're waiting for. Yeah. Uh, they arrive and Charles, for some reason, is wearing a cape on the top of the fucking <laughs> castle at, the, at this point. <laughs> 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 it's 
wearing a fucking black cape. Yeah, of course he is. Well, he's, a, he's an evil genius. If you, if you own a castle, if I, I, you if I a had cape? a castle, I'd be wearing my cape all the time. Herman opens the door for her, and uh, the dog just attacks Corinne, and that's the fucking end of her. Yep. Just dies. It's unfortunate, isn't it? No, she took the gun for no reason. We never see that gun again. It's not. Even, it doesn't even come into play later. No, we, we, the gun's gone. We just dispose of it, I guess. But, Charles yeah. laughs like a twat as he paints, and then Herman's draining yeah. the blood from Corinne. Blood, laughter, Van Gogh. That's what I've got written down. Disco that, music. That, that's what happens there. You get uh, three different things. You get lots of blood. You get him laughing like a total maniac, and you get pictures of Van Gogh and his like self-portrait that he's. He's got in his room. But wait, Gerard's in a helicopter. Yeah, he is. And it's the smallest helicopter I've seen on film. Herman and Charles stare out the window at it as well. Um, Herman thinks it's the police. Herman's not got a shirt on now, which is odd. (laughs) It does make me laugh. He's just like, how am I supposed to paint with you bursting in? Herman! I've written that. <laughs> but, honestly, see, uh, his Italian agent may have said, "Why are you making this?" But without him, this would have just be boring. How am I supposed to paint? <laughs> he says, "Paint really high." <laughs> He's brilliant. Yeah. He's just so over the top with everything he does. I said, honestly, he's either talking mystical bullshit or he's just shouting at the yeah. top of his lungs. Maestro, a helicopter, listen, the police. How am I supposed to paint with you bursting in here, Herman? Yeah, Herman's worried it's the police and they're, they're going to be looking for Yvonne. Charles says maybe they're looking for all the other girls that Herman's killed and it tells him to get rid of the abattoir of corpses. Yeah, but do give her another shot. Yes. Just to make sure she doesn't wake up. Yeah, because yeah, we're keeping that one. You get rid of all the other death not people and that, but you're keeping her. This is where Herman drops the bombshell that Charles can see into the future and asks him what will happen to us. Charles says he doesn't see anything clearly, only that it's the beginning of the end. Mm. And uh, Good. Herman attempts to <laughs> as flee. As far as the film's going, good. Yeah. Herman attempts to flee, but Charles asks him to give another shot to Sybil so she doesn't wake him while he paints. Because nothing can get in the way of his painting. That's right. Even the police and imminent arrest mm. and Herman's forever, forever incarceration. Herman fingering his dead wife. Herman's tits was Herman Hermit's uh, original <laughs> man name. Uh, meanwhile, Gerard lands his chopper uh, right in the grounds there. Yeah. That's, I like the fact that he does. He just he runs. There's a lorry going past. He just runs. The, doesn't even stop, that lorry. Yeah. He just jumps <laughs> in the, it's, in it's the it's van. Like they he... don't know that they're supposed to stop and let him get in. Yeah. But it's like, whilst they're driving, he just opens their door, jumps in, and they carry on. And high-fives the guys in the in there as well, doesn't Yeah. It? Why are you high-fiving them? If they'd have stopped, maybe that was a high-five. But they didn't. Yeah. It's as though they were just like, screw that guy. Uh, yeah. Herman grabs a shotgun when he hears the van coming up. Uh, they're unloading the paintings at gunpoint as well, which they all seem actually pretty happy about. They don't seem to be that bothered about it. And Gerard tricks him with the old I've got to tie my shoe trick. Yeah, it does work. Slips away whilst Herman. Imagine, imagine you were returning some paintings to an artist and uh, you were immediately at gunpoint. Yeah, by the fucking butler. By a necrophiliac butler. With no shirt on. <laughs> hey, come on. Just a minute. What is it? i got to tie my shoe. Yeah, as he's giving directions to the others, Gerard slips away, is instantly found in the abattoir, uh, escorts him out. Gerard asks about Sybil, gets shut down by Herb, and he tells him that they don't ever have guests. 
Mm-hmm. And then and then I guess uh, Gerard's off home because he's just in the van heading back to town where he sees Sybil's car. Yeah, yeah, and then he just leaps out because they don't <laughs> stop again, do yeah, they? He just army rolls yeah. out of the van. Because <laughs> they refuse to stop a second time. Yeah. And he just eventually just jumps from a moving truck. To be honest, it's, it's more credit to Gerard than I gave him at the beginning. Yeah, I, I thought, thought this. he was just a piece of shit. Yeah, I actually thought this is a but, totally uh, different character. To he's, the... he's really trying now. Yeah, totally different character to the guy you meet first of all, who congratulates himself on being not, early. Not late. Yes. <laughs> he starts climbing through the forest around the castle, heading over, he gets over the castle wall and gets into the undercroft, and that's when he walks into um, Charles's Halloween decorations because there's lots of skeletons and yeah. there's skeletons and shrouds and... Skulls, some, there's, a, there's a cat. Some stuffed animal there heads. Is a, there is a cat, there's some cobwebs. Basically what my house looked like at Halloween. Yeah. He finds the body of Christine with the mask on, which Gerald ridiculously thinks is Sybil. <laughs> He's like, Sybil? It's like, no, it's a fucking blatant it's mask. Harry Kane. Shit, what the hell is that? Herman, uh, he, he starts scouting the place out because he's heard a noise. He's attacked from behind by Gerard, and there's a fight breaking out between them. Mm, it's a terrible fight. Yeah, this is high, high intensity, high yeah. octane. And Gerard finally overcomes the pensioner and uh, <laughs> kicks him in the face. Quite right. He finds Corinne's body as well on the table just behind, doesn't he? He doesn't seem that arsed about it, though. He doesn't know her. She's in Paris. They're in Morocco. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> He goes through the house and he's confronted by Charles, who he attacks because he wants to know where Sybil is. Sybil! Who are you? How the hell did you get in here? Where's Sybil? What have you done to you, fucking maniac? You bastard! Where the fuck is she? Sybil? Sybil! He hears Sybil and he swears he hears her within the meats and cheeses. <laughs> and <laughs> tries opening the door. Oh my god, not the meats and cheeses room. Meats and cheeses. And uh, as he's trying to open the door, Charles smiles because he hits the button which sets off the electrocution latch and electrocutes Gerard's little hands. So would, if if that was to stop the dog, they would have to just only use it when the dog was attacking the door handle. Yeah. The dog doesn't know how to use a door handle. It's a dog. Yeah, plus that would have probably killed a dog. It nearly fucking killed Gerard. Why why would they just be constantly just watching the dog, thinking as soon as it goes for that door handle, I'm going to electrify it? Well, what else is Herman doing except rape? Well, that's it. Exactly. Don't do that as well. Rape and electrifying handles. Electrifying hounds. (laughs) That's his butler duties. Yeah. Herman turns up, speaking of which, he's back with his shotgun, takes him captive. Charles is back, he tells Sybil they're running out of time because he hears Sybil through the wall, so they all go in. And he says he needs her to complete his final masterpiece. Yeah, he tells Herman, take them downstairs. I need red. He's got a painting, you see, he's doing a new painting, it's called The Blood Wedding. Yeah. This is a good idea, actually, I quite like the title of that. Gerard says, what other ideas do you have in mind, you shit? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Can't you leave her in peace? 
Um, Herman says, what do you want to do with him? And uh, Charles says, well, he he will need a great deal of red and to take them to his studio. Mm. Yeah, Blood Wedding is the name of the next one. It's 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 a good good name. Honestly, I like that. It's it, like the Red Wedding from the Game of Thrones, but yes, it's a but, bit more obvious. Yeah, he takes blood from both of them and starts painting with his hands on. That's because there's a storm. There's a storm. Yeah. Whilst outside, suddenly a storm. He's laughing like an absolute fucking he nutcase. That's because there's a storm. Yeah. He's a, clearly he's, he's a criminal mastermind. He's mental. He's an artist. There's a storm. He's got blood all over his hands. My next painting will be entitled. I'm staying alive. The the windows are smashing in. The wind's picking up. Charles stops laughing and he's looking at his painting oddly because he's noticing that there's actually blood dripping down from it where he didn't put blood beforehand. He looks around at the, and he sees that there's blood running down all of the paintings. That's right. The, out of the eyes of one, the mouth of another, the anus of Satan. It's <laughs> dripping out from bloody everywhere here. <laughs> it would do, wouldn't it, if all that's coming out? <laughs> yeah. Herman's looking around himself. He's wondering what's going on. I thought at one point, like, oh, is it, is Herman, like, not seeing this and it's just Charles going mad again? But I think, no. No, uh, uh, he's there. Yeah. Because uh, paintings start randomly catching on fire. They mm-hmm. start randomly falling off the wall. The, uh, there's a painting that falls off an easel straight onto Charles, who falls over, because that would be heavy, wouldn't it? <laughs> some, yeah, some canvas. canvas. Some, ah. He just falls to the ground and Ow, starts bleeding. No, no. He hears Christine's voice. She says, you can do no more evil, you cursed man. Yeah. Damn you, Charles de Simon. <laughs> Uh, there's lights flying around the place. One cuts his fucking ear off, thinking yeah. he's Van Gogh. There you go. There's his ear. There's his Van Gogh him. connection. Mocking him for thinking he's Van Gogh. Um, whilst Charles is asking for forgiveness from Van Gogh, because why wouldn't he? We see Gerard Sybil and the corpse of Christine in a glass box, yeah, heading they, down they, the stairs of the castle. I think they're being chased by a coffin. I don't think they're taking that with them. Why would they? No, it's just coming. It's like behind yeah, them. Yeah, it's just following them. It's just chasing <laughs> them down the stairs. Yeah. Which is very, very unusual, even for this. Should say before, while Christine's laughing, the chains holding Gerard and Sybil come loose. And then as he's asking for forgiveness from Van Gogh, yeah, they escape and Christine's behind him in a fucking box. Christine tells Sybil as they're leaving, it's all over now and no one will hurt her again. More of that two flames bollocks. Mm-hmm. And we get a shot of Christine smiling in dazzling light, like the end of fucking E.T. Nice. And uh, she tells her no one is alone, which sounds kind of sinister, and uh, and disappears. Yeah, I will always be with you. Sibyl says, I'm here. She's me. We'll meet one day. In the future! <laughs> uh, she flees with Gerard to believe her, and he does. He says that he felt a presence. And uh, they head out out the door yeah, and out of and the that, castle. That's, that's as far as he gets with uh, actually caring about anything that's yeah. happened. Oh, is he saying that just to get out the fucking door? Like? I think so. He says, "Let's go. I love you so much." Yeah, just, just yeah. please, let's just, go. Just, yes, just, I love just, you. Come on, come yes, out. Yes, come I... out of this ridiculous castle. That's because the maestro upstairs he started to stumble into statues. Uh, making them all just fall on himself. There's a great bit where there's like two Roman emperor busts and they both fall inwards yeah. on him and just attack him. It looks so stupid. Just headbutt him. God, it looks shit. And then he falls on the floor 
and uh, there's like a stone pillar that just falls onto Herman who yeah. catches it like it's literally made of foam which it is <laughs> he catches it and then falls not the fact that it would crush him in that weight uh, Herman asks for help from Charles but Charles reaches instead for some blood on the ground yeah because he's going to do some painting <laughs> yeah. he looks at it and says precious colour of life and they both just die shitty deaths on the ground. Yeah, but they're holding hands. They are holding hands. They do They do reach a hand to each other. They hold hands and die. Well, in fairness... I think it's uh, beautiful. It's Herman, a beautiful ending. Herman holds Charles's hand. Charles is just, like, convulsing from dying. It's like a bloody Shakespeare death, that bit, at That's the right, end. I liked it. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Jared and Sybil, they jump in the chopper. They head off. They're smiling like twats, obviously yeah. forgetting everything that's just happened. Yeah, it's all a bit of a laugh. Um, shot of Charles's eyes and a skull over the top. Yeah, and uh, that's it. They fly off. That's blood delirium. Yeah, load of shit. Music. I really enjoyed this. Did you? Yeah, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It was fucking insane. Yeah, I didn't understand I, anything that was going on. That's why I really enjoyed it. I thought it was brilliant. I thought the two, the two like Herman and um, uh, Charles were... were... I'd, I'd like to see them in more. Herman and Charles, Herman and Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Get their own little series. <laughs> I'd watch them in everything. Yeah. I thought they were brilliant. Herman just can't help just raping and molesting everything he sees. <laughs> can't work that into a jingle, the, can you? And the maestro Charles just shouting, just suddenly painting in blood and just yeah. scolding and just, Charles, and just not being able to stop shouting at stuff. You know, just even at nothing. Burn it! Burn it all! <laughs> Scatter the ashes to the winds. <laughs> <laughs> is that what? Just throwing hundreds of paintings. Exactly. What's the point? Why are we in this castle? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell do we live here, you idiot? Yeah. I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. This is up there with like Patrick still lives. I think it's just so ridiculous that it's lovable. I thought. I honestly thought it was. I think that the only problem I have with it is it's very fucking talky in some places, like in the art yeah, gallery. Yeah, but I think, I think it's just, it adds to it, because it's nonsense. The di- the dialogue that extends the, the film is rubbish. Yeah. That's what I think is funny. This film is balls to the wall, absolutely ridiculous. Right from the beginning There's as well. There's no scene that makes sense. There's no There's no loose end that gets tied. No, they just don't care. <laughs> just made a made a film that's just people just doing stuff. The guy from the beginning who pats himself on the back for being on time, who would usually get killed in these films, is the hero. In the personal helicopter that she said she was going to buy him, but he already had. Because he's a technician, so he's flown from... Yes, so he's just made his own helicopter or something, because she never even bought him that. Yeah. They were still discussing... Gifts and Corinne, who's like the resourceful friend who you think was actually probably going to come and help now, yeah. she's got a gun, gets killed instantly. Yeah, because she underestimates Herman, the power of Herman. Who hasn't? Yeah, never underestimate the power of Herman. There's a t shirt for you right there. <laughs> nah, the monsters will have that covered. Oh, yeah, that's Rob true. Zombie will have that covered. 
picture of his wife on the front. Mm. Meet some cheeses. Well, would you rank this amongst the old uh, Italian? Oh, no, no, no. no. It, it, I'm not going to give it that much credit. No. I just thought it was fun. Well, it was would you rank that... it among uh, Prometheus and not Prometheus? No, uh, not really. Burial ground? No, I don't think so. I think it's, it's below those, but <laughs> it's just total nonsense. Yeah, it's just fun. I don't. I don't know if I'd watch it again. No, burial no. burial ground I've seen many times. Yeah. So I I probably not, no. Patrick like, all still the ful- lives. Fulci stuff. Patrick still lives now, I've seen him loads. This one, I'm happy I've seen it. Yeah. But I'm not sure I'd ever go back and watch it again. So the Sangster. No, I appreciate it again. Thanks again. It's, it's a great recommendation. Another gr- another great shout after Whitefire. Yeah. Whitefire was a, an amazing shout. <laughs> yeah. This one is in more insane than Whitefire. <laughs> in the fact that nothing made sense. Yeah, the the bad guy from Space Mutiny is randomly in this, which always gets a thumbs up from me. Yeah, so thank you for the recommendation. And uh, he was brilliant in this as well. He was, he was much better yeah. than he was in it's, fucking it's Space main, Mutiny. He's the main character. He was superb. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! No, I, I just really enjoyed it. I, I, in fact, my film pitch is the exact same film, uh, but with a dwarf in it, as always. Yep, and that's it. Dinklage. <laughs> Dinklage. Dinklage as the maestro who believes he is Van Gogh. Who's, who's his? Who's come back as a dwarf. Who's Herman? Uh, the same guy. Dinklage again? <laughs> Not that same guy. <laughs> right. Same guy who played He's Herman. He's dead. Oh, that's a shame. Dick Van Dyke? Yes. <laughs> yes, necrophiliac Dick Van Dyke. Oh yes. See that's that'd be an name of a like a black metal band. <laughs> We'd have to wait for him to die. I don't know, you got gay for Johnny Depp, so why can't you have well, necrophilia? No, but that's that's like a compliment, isn't it? To be gay for Johnny Depp means he's attractive to everyone. You're telling me necrophiliac Dick Van Dyke won't fly in today's culture. <laughs> well, I'd have sex with Dick Van Dyke even when he's dead. That would be the t shirt, yeah. <laughs> That would be on the back, that last bit. Yeah, that's so the how, first that's bit how looks, you'd sell the tour. Yeah, so the first bit's complimentary, and then when you turn round, you've got, <laughs> you've got the dead bit on the back. Yeah, I don't know. We'd have to ask his estate. That's have to ask Barry. Barry Van Dyke, see if he's okay with it. Who's Barry Van Dyke? His son. Oh. God, blimey. <laughs> that's what he said when he heard about this necrophiliac Dick Van Dyke. Mary Poppins. <laughs> Venture. Still a bit on a finger in your eye, ain't they? Right, are we done then? <laughs> I think that's, that's the quickest pitch we've ever done. That's the film pitch done, is Same it? Same one. Dinklage yeah. and Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> yeah, and some women. Dinklage Van Dyke. Yeah. <laughs> that's on the poster, is it? Yeah, that's what it says, yeah. And some Italian women yep. getting raped by 90-year-old Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> And with that, we bring this episode of a pod- of the podcast to a close. Of a podcast. Yeah. Don't, put, don't put our name to it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. I get to say thank you. As always to my co-host, Kenby Wild. Oh, thank you. What did you think of this week's episode? Me? I'm actually interested. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I don't think we'll ever... Re- re- like, we'll ever this, recover. They've put, put this out. No. <laughs> I don't think this will ever be released, this episode. Blood Delirium. Where does it rank amongst your favourite... <laughs> films you haven't ever seen yes because there's no way you've seen this the only people that's going to listen to this are the people that actually enjoyed the <laughs> podcast rather than just movies I think it would just be us 
me, just me and you. We're the only people that listen to this. When we release Babysitter and four people listen to it, it's going to be that again. It'll be that listening states. Are uh, you one of the four? That's what it'll be. Lis- listening stats, two. Yeah. It'll be me and you. No, it won't be it. me. It'll be you twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not listening to this shit. Yeah, at the same time. Oh, are you going to be one of the listeners? If you are, email us in, badmoviecourt.gmail.com. It's a bit late to answer that question, isn't it? Are you going to be? The future is only as far as we can reach, or whatever the fuck Charles says. Jesus Christ, the future already exists and is revealed by the passage of time. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. I'm Van Gogh. Now or in the future. (laughs) Herman! You want to discuss this week's episode with all the cult members? You can. Just search for the Bad Movie Cult discussion group on Facebook. All links will be available in the show notes. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can by simply leaving us an Apple Podcast rating or review, which is a massive help in getting us found by new listeners. You can find all previous episodes as well as the written reviews of films not covered on this podcast on our website, that's www.badmoviecult.com. Join us again in two weeks' time and we'll be back, hopefully, might be cancelled <laughs> after this, with another movie review, deep dive and film pitch right here on the Bad Movie Cult podcast. Dinklage Van Dyke! I'm supposed to paint what you bursting in here, Herman!